want to talk to you today about the foundation of our faith. I said the foundation of our faith. We spoke to you on last Sunday regarding who are the sons and daughters of Abraham and we made our way through that and the Lord spoke to us and well, well just tell me who are the sons and daughters of Abraham? We are. And I praise God for that. Come on, let's praise God for that. Come on. Clap your hands and praise God. Now we want to know what foundation, what is the foundation of our faith? What is it that you've got to believe to really be a believer in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? What does everything else hang on? And without what would our whole preaching be in vain? We're going to talk about the foundation of our faith. Would you stand as I read the scripture, please? 1 Corinthians 15, verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain? And your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. You are yet in your sins. And then they also which have fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ raised from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. And also in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13. But I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Christ died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Christ will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we which live which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Hallelujah. The foundation of our faith. Be seated. The starting point of the believer's knowledge of God, the starting part, point of the things of God in our lives is not the Old Testament. It is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
The Old Testament has meaning and significance for us because of Jesus. Without Jesus, we probably would not be acquainted with the Old Testament. Before Jesus, the Jewish faith was exactly that, the Jewish faith. Nobody much beyond the Jews was interested in and I felt they had access to the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Most people believed in some kind of God, but they just did not know what that God was like or who that God was. And without the life of Jesus, without the New Testament, the Old Testament would not have become the basis for a new and wonderful faith. It would remain the faith of the Jews. And so it was not a situation where the masses of the world believed the Old Testament and then we received Jesus Christ in the New Testament. The Gentile world heard the witness of those who had walked the earth with Jesus. Uh, they were confronted by the very spirit of the risen Christ himself. And they read the Old Testament because Jesus made reference to the Old Testament. And they believed the Old Testament because Jesus believed and preached the Old Testament. Now this is not to reflect upon the Jews and the faith of the Old Testament. God chose them. They were the vehicle of truth that he wanted to use to reveal God up to that point. In a sense, he isolated them so he could develop through them the truth on which Jesus would build, and on which the life and teachings of Jesus would be based. But God revealed himself to the Jews so that their record of that revelation could be shared through Christ with the whole world. The tragic fact is that after all the wonderful contribution made by our brothers the Jews, the Gentile world seemed to be more ready to accept the Messiah than they who had received the Old Testament in the first place. It is a strange fact that after the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the Jews ceased their sacrificing of animals and bulls and heifers and goats unto the Lord, so that in no temple, in no synagogue, or any sacrifice is still being made unto the Lord. And somehow that reflects the significance of Jesus Christ to our world. But without Jesus, the Old Testament would be of little interest to those of us who are not Jews. We had no significant role in the Old Testament. But because of Jesus, look to your neighbor and say, because of Jesus. We have a link. We have a stake. We have a way into the wonderful promises that God made to Abraham. Jesus told us about God because Jesus was God. Clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. Y'all don't have to work with me on this today because we want to discover the foundation on which our faith is built. We also have to note that if Jesus had not risen from the dead, Jesus would never have impacted the world as he has impacted it. I said if Jesus had not risen from the dead, he would not have impacted the world 
as he has impacted it. If he had not arisen from the dead, we would not believe that he was God. He would not have had the significance for us that he does. If he had not arisen from the dead, millions would not have entrusted their lives to him. They believe that he had not arisen from the dead. Thousands would not have died for him. And thousands would not have conformed their lives to his word if he did not rise from the dead. They would not have dedicated their lives and their resources to the building of the kingdom if Jesus had not arisen from the dead. How many of you know I'm telling the truth? I know I'm telling the truth because the Bible... Of the, the Bible says the same thing. Look in 1 Corinthians 15 and 14. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain. Lord, I've been preaching ever since 1957. I don't know how many thousands of times I've mounted the pulpit and preached that Jesus had arisen from the dead. But if he is not alive, all of the thousands of sermons I've preached and lessons you've taught and sermons you've preached, the Bible says it's all in vain. We have found false witnesses of God because we've testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. All of that faith that we've expressed and directed toward the Lord. If Jesus is not alive, all of that is in vain, and you are yet in your sins. Then they which have fallen asleep in Christ are perished. And if in this life only we have hope, we are of all men most miserable. Is there anybody who's sure you're not miserable because you've got hope beyond this life? Would you clap your hands and praise God? Then the Bible says in verse 20, but now is Christ risen from the dead and he's become the first fruits of them that slept. Look over at your neighbor and say, my Savior is alive. And get glad about it. Come on, clap your hands and praise God that Jesus is alive. I'm trying to help you to find the foundation of your faith. There are few, if any, fears that are greater than the fear of death. I should have heard an amen on that. Abraham Maslow, in articulating what he felt was the hierarchy of human needs, said that physiological needs and the need for safety are at the very base of man's need structure. And the basis of this need for safety is the fear that man has of death. Humanity is afraid of death because death is the diminishing of life. And anything that diminishes life is considered by men to be negative and unpleasant. One of the reasons that Jesus, that men turned to Jesus was because Jesus promised them abundant life. How many of you came to Jesus because you wanted abundant life? You wanted everlasting life? But the promise would seem empty. The promise of abundant life would seem empty if Jesus had not arisen from the dead. Men are prone to say, where there's life, there's hope. But we can say through Jesus Christ, 
even in the very throes of death, there is hope. Somebody ought to say praise the Lord. Hebrews 2.9 says, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. Jesus tasted death for you, so that death will no longer be the enemy that it has been thought to be, but merely a pathway into eternal life. Hallelujah. A pathway into the very presence of Almighty God. And then Hebrews 2.14 says, Inasmuch then, as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil. The power, the sting, the damage, the destructiveness of Satan has been snatched away from him when Jesus died on the cross when he suffered in our place. He destroyed the power of the devil. Come on, you ought to get glad about that. And then release those who through fear of death for all their lifetimes subject, subject to bondage. Jesus died and arose again so that we'll be released from the fear of death. I know nobody wants to die, but believers have an understanding of death that nobody in the world has because we know death is a destructive enemy and death awaits all of us, but we know that when death gets through, we'll still be standing. We'll still be praising God. We'll still be in the presence of Almighty God for to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Somebody who believes the Bible, help me praise him today. Hallelujah. And listen to what Paul said in 2 Timothy 1 and 10. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The Bible says that Jesus, by his death, by his resurrection, abolished death. In other words, he, he wasted death. He, he impacted death in such a way that death is no longer an enemy that would destroy us. It's just a pathway into the presence of Almighty God. How many believe the Bible today? The fear of death keeps men in bondage because this life is thought to be a precondition for everything else. We have the now, and we know the now. We can touch the now. We have these bodies now. We touch other people that we know now, and we touch material things that are seemingly more real than anything else. We fear the unknown. But the this and the now, the here and the now, can enthrall the soul and spirit if you allow it. They can have a hypnotic power over us. And this is especially true for those who don't believe that there is an afterlife. But those who know and trust Jesus don't need to be confronted by that kind of confusion, that kind of apprehension. They don't have to live in terror and in fear of death. And the reason we can live, the reason we can die, and we can do it confidently is that because our Jesus, our champion, our Savior died and rose again from the dead. The reason we can stand before death and say, go ahead, hit me with your best shot. 
I know we're going to come out still standing on the other side is that Jesus died and Jesus arose from the dead and he's alive today. Look over at your neighbor and say, Jesus died. He arose from the dead and he's alive today. Hallelujah. My brother Boxer is kind of like a, a champion that, that was ruling and running things in, in the boxing world. And then somebody came along and beat the champion, the one who had been undefeated, but somebody else beat him. Somebody knocked him down and demolished him in the boxing ring. And then all the other boxers in that weight division would line up and say, let me at him. If he could beat him, then I know I can beat him. If he can defeat him, I know I can defeat him. If he can rule over him, I know I can do so the same way. And we as believers in Jesus Christ, after Jesus died, and rose again from the dead and after he had defeated the enemy we can line up behind Jesus say through the same power of Jesus Christ I can gain victory I can overcome the enemy I've got victory in the name of Jesus if I die I shall live again in the name of Jesus come on and give praise and so the reason we can live and die confidently is that our champion, Jesus Christ, died and rose again. Look over at your neighbor and say, the reason we can live and die confidently is that our champion, Jesus Christ, died and rose again. If you get excited about anything that you've ever been excited about, you ought to be excited about that. Come on, give praise to the Lord. Come on, give praise to God. Lord, help me preach this thing. The revelation of the resurrection of Jesus is the most spectacular and miraculous event in the history of mankind. I said the resurrection of Jesus. Say it after me. The resurrection of Jesus is the most spectacular and miraculous event in the history of mankind. Tell the neighbor on the other side, the resurrection of Jesus is the most miraculous and spectacular event in the history of mankind. It is the greatest miracle. Come on, give God praise for the greatest miracle. I said it's the greatest miracle. The odds against resurrection are billions to one up to now. In all of history, no one can make the claim on earth that Jesus made. Jesus said, I am he that was dead, and now I am alive forevermore. Give God praise, somebody. Oh, I wish somebody would pick up on this. This is going to dawn on somebody at midnight tonight when you're laying up in bed in your pajamas, and when you know anything, you might be halfway down the street running and praising God, thanking God for what God has done. Somebody's going to tell you, get on back in the house. You got on your pajamas running up and down the street. I'm excited about it. How many of you are excited about it? Tell your neighbor, my Savior is alive. Some people may say he really did not die on Calvary. Therefore, he was not resurrected on the third day. He merely seemed to be dead. And when he came to, when he came out of unconsciousness, out of the coma, 
he was still alive. He had not died, so it was not a resurrection. But if everybody there was sure that Jesus was dead, how can we stand 2,000 years away from the event and say that he was not dead? The Roman soldiers thought he was dead. The disciples knew he was dead. All of those around, his mother knew that he was dead. How could he go through what he went through and not be dead? How could he receive brutal beatings on the night of his crucifixion, five of them? Four times he received bone-crunching wounds in his hands and in his feet. He hung on a cross in the blazing sun. A spear was thrust into his side, and out of his side was great loss of blood and bodily fluids. And the centurion made sure that Jesus was dead. But even if Jesus had not been dead, how could he be so active after going through all he went through after three days alone? No doctor visited him. He, he did not have any antibiotics. He received no medical care. There were no painkillers that he received. If he was not dead, then tell me when did Jesus die? When did he die? No, our Savior died on the cross. He was really dead. Come on, tell your neighbor, he was really dead. Said to Thomas, stretch out your hand, thrust it into my side. Reach here your finger, touch the wound in my hand. Make sure you know it's me. He spent time with the disciples beside the sea. He ate fish with them. He fellowshiped with them. He let them know that resurrection was not just for the spirit, but it was for the body of man, and that they too would one day be resurrected. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to God. Jesus was dead. Graveyard dead. But on the third day morning, he got up again. But somebody might ask, well, Brother Preacher, what about folk who were cremated? What about folk whose bodies have returned to dust? What about people whose bodies were dismembered and scattered all over the earth? How can they be resurrected? But I would answer, don't you know God can handle that? I said, don't you know God can handle that? We, with our limited knowledge and ability, we can clone stuff. And we can trace people's DNA. And listen, if we can clone stuff and trace people's DNA, don't you know God can reconstitute and transform any body that has ever existed? If he made us in the first place, then there's nothing too hard for God. Oh, hallelujah. Are you still awake in here? I'm excited because my Lord is alive. And death is the greatest enemy that we ever faced. And if Jesus could rule over death, Jesus can do anything. Not only did Jesus rise from the dead, but then he ascended up from the earth back into the presence of his Father God. Now I know somebody's saying, hold it, preacher, time out time out. Do you really believe that? My answer is yes. I believe it. Does anybody here believe it with me? They saw him rise up from the earth and after telling them that he was going to prepare a place for them that he was coming back to get them and I just want you to know I believe not only that Jesus rise from the earth but I believe with all my heart that he's coming back again. How many of you are looking for Jesus to return? Come on and give God praise. 
I just want you to know what the foundation of your faith is. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 1, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received and in which you stand, by which you are saved if you hold fast to the word that I preached to you, unless you believe in vain. For I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. Say that after me, Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture. And then say this after me, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Those who saw him, those who walked the earth with him, believed in him, and they were willing to die for what they had seen and for what they had heard. This not only includes those who walked with Jesus and talked with him, but it also included a man like the apostle Paul, who never really saw Jesus and did not believe in Jesus. But on the way down to Damascus, Jesus showed up and a bright light shone from heaven and Paul fell off his horse and Jesus said, Paul, is it hard for you to kick against the pricks? And Paul said, who are you? And the voice said, I'm Jesus, whom you're persecuting. I'm the one whose ministry you're trying to destroy. I'm the one whose name you're trying to wipe from the face of the earth. And Paul said, what would you have me to do? And Paul said, listen, I saw him. He showed up in my life in such a spectacular way that I'm willing to go to the chopping block believing in Jesus. Simon Peter said, I'm willing to be crucified upside down believing in Jesus. The saint said, I don't care what I've got to go through. You cannot make me deny what I saw and what I believe. I saw the risen Lord with the print of the nail in the palm of his hand. I saw the risen Lord with the print of the nails in his feet, I saw the spark, the mark of the crown of thorns that was crushed into his skull. I saw the print of the spear that was thrust in his side. And you can't make me believe that my Savior is not alive. And you who are in the house today, you believe the word of God. You believe what the Bible said. But also you believe what's happening down in your heart. You believe the word and you accepted Jesus Christ. You lifted up your heart to him and you said, Lord, I believe that you died for me, that you rose again from the dead and somehow Jesus showed up in your life way down deep on the inside. You were convinced that Jesus is alive and you began to praise him for dying for your sins. You began to praise him because he arose from the dead. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, you can't make me doubt that Jesus is alive because he lives, he lives way down in my soul. Praise him, praise him, praise him. I've got to close nothing is more hopeless than death. Nothing is more impossible than resurrection. Let me say that again. Nothing is more hopeless than death. 
and nothing is more powerful than resurrection. But if God raised Jesus from the dead, if God resurrected Jesus, then nothing is impossible. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if God raised Jesus from the dead, if God is God of resurrection, then nothing is impossible. God can heal you. God can turn your life around. God can lift you up out of your trouble and up out of your distress. Do you have any rivers that you think are uncrossable? Do you have any mountains that you can't tunnel through? God specializes in the impossible. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, I know that God specializes in the impossible. Yes, yes, you know it because God did it. God raised Jesus. God turned him around and put life back in that body. Are you sick? Are you troubled? Call on Jesus. He's able, I said he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, he's able. Yes, oh bless his name. Stand against me, try to hold me back, try to crush me down, but I'm gonna rise up, hallelujah, by the power of Almighty God child of God. I know life is rough. I know you're confronted by trouble and confronted by distress, but I see you rising up out of your trouble. I see you walking in the power of Almighty God. I've got power that you can't see. God is living inside me. I can fight any enemy. For God and me are a majority. If God be for us, who can be against us? Yes, yes, yes. Grab somebody by the hand and tell them, neighbor, you can make it. No matter what the trouble is, if you've got Jesus, you can make it. Come on and praise him. people it's gonna be all right it's gonna be all right go ahead lie on me go ahead knock me down go ahead scandalize my name go ahead try to destroy my influence but I'm gonna be all right tell your neighbor because the God of resurrection is on my side I may get knocked down but I'm going to get back up. I'm going to get back up. And this is my word to you. Child of God, get back up again. I said, get back up. Get back up. You may get knocked down. You may get talked about. But don't sit around and pout. Get back up again. 
tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you're down, you'll be down by yourself. But if you get up, somebody else will have faith and they will get up too. And somebody else will see the two of you standing on your feet and they'll get up too. Grab your neighbor by the hand, pull on that hand and say, neighbor, we might get knocked down, but we're going to get back up by the power of God. And the reason I know that we're able to get up is because Jesus got up. Grab your neighbor by the hand. Say, the reason I know that we're able to get up is because Jesus got up. Got up with all power in the palm of his hand. Got up. Got up. With the power of God at work in his life. Got up by the power of God. And if you have faith, you can make it. Tell three people you can make it because Jesus made it. Help me praise him. Help me praise him. Help me praise him. I've got to stop, but somebody ought to praise God because you're standing on the foundation. Yes, the odds may be against me. Yes, 10,000 may come against me. Yes, the weight of the world may be upon my shoulders. Yes, people may talk about me and even lie on me, but I'm coming up by the power of God. Child of God, I see you in the future. And you look much better than you look right now because you're coming up. I wish I had somebody that believed God. down a little bit. Come on, do this. Start down a little bit. And then stand up. Look at your neighbor and say, it's just as easy as that. God is going to raise you up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No more dying. No more goodbye. No more sickness. No more physical distress. Trees on each side of the river. Leaves are good for the healing of all God's people. Hallelujah. Streets of gold. Gates of pearl. Always howdy howdy. And never goodbye. Is anybody on your way to heaven? Does anybody believe God? The trump of God is going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. We're going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and we'll be caught up. I said we'll be caught up. Oh, yeah. Caught up. Stand up and praise him. Stand up and praise him. Yadabah Soko. He loaded the Makosi. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, praise him, 
enough to shout on right there. Hallelujah. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you would say, preacher, I want to know Jesus. I want my sins forgiven. I want to give my life to the Lord. I want to accept the Savior that arose from the dead. What have you got to lose? What have you got to be deprived of? The only possibility is that you may live forever in the presence of God and the holy angels and with Jesus Christ, your Savior, that you'll enjoy eternity in his presence. And he's already proven that you can because he does and he did. He died and he arose from the dead. What have you got to lose? Believe it. Accept it as a part of your whole existence and you'll have everlasting life. Every head is bowed. Every eyes closed. Everybody believed he was dead that was there. Everybody knew three days later he was alive through the power of Almighty God. If you would say, preacher, I want to be saved. And I want to believe it. I confess it. I accept it now. I want Jesus to be my Savior. I want Jesus to be my Lord. If that's you, lift that hand. I'll pray for you right where you stand. Right where you are, the Lord Jesus can come into your life. You'll never be the same again. If you will accept him and accept that, raise your hand and say, Preacher, I want to be saved. I want to know Jesus as my Savior and as my Lord. Lift that hand high so that I can see it in the name of the Lord. Dear Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, dear Lord, that you've delivered us in power. 
Thank you, dear Lord, for the power of your word. Because that same word that raised Jesus can transform our lives, transform somebody's life today. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Thank God. Say this prayer after me, please, dear Lord. I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me for the wrong I've done and the wrong I have been. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that he died for me. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. And I thank you, Lord. I'm saved. I thank you, Lord. I'm forgiven. I thank you, Lord. I have life eternal. Come on and give him praise. Come on and give him praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.